Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. We give it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. You know, I, I just got a comment on my YouTube channel. And please do go to our YouTube channel and click to subscribe. Uh, it helps us with the algorithm. So subscribe, 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 I often say. And, and here's a comment. I forget what video it was they were commenting. But I get this so much, this coming from the left. I was called a Trump tard. Yeah, uh, so mature, so mature. No, I got to tell you, leftists, if you're calling people Trump tards, you have absolutely no argument, zero argument. One, it's an insult to people with physical disabilities. And you're supposed to be oh so tolerant. Well, you're not. If you are calling, if you are one of those types of persons, and uh, my listening audience, I'm sure there's nobody like that, but you YouTube audience, uh, you come on here all the time. If you're calling somebody that name or some version of that name, you're just a garbage person. You know that? You're just a horrible, rotten human being. I mean, how low can you go? I mean, I'll debate the merits of my podcast and my videos all day long. I'm not, you know, there, there may be things I'll make mistakes and there may be holes you can punch in. And I welcome that. I wish you would. I wish we could find a venue to have that kind of constructive back and forth. But when you come on and you make a comment, Trump tard, uh, you know, I leave it up there. I'm not taking it down because I want the world to see just what a horrible, horrible, rotten human being you are. Anyway, I just want to get that out. Just came over on my YouTube channel. So uh, now we got more news coming out from the laptop from hell, aka Hunter Biden's MacBook Pro. And I'm going to play a couple of, of video and audio from his audio. Um, um, from that came out of the laptop from hell and uh, gateway pundit had some more breaking pictures that come out with pretty damning to hundred body first listen to this audio now there is some language in here so uh, I, forewarned is forearmed so if there are anybody around that's gonna be offensive to this language please move them around or just skip past this part but uh, listen to hunter Biden on the phone with a business partner the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who has done me for I don't know how long, is the one taking the call because my father will not stop sending calls to Eric. I love the New York Times for calling the station up there. The fact, though, the spy chief of China started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 million, is now missing. Which state in the world is missing? It was my partner. He's missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be one of the fucking largest fucking LG ports in the world. And Are we still going to try to say that Joe Biden was not aware of this? I mean, really? 
it, it's just painfully obvious at this, at this point in time that Joe Biden is knee deep in all of this, actually waist deep, maybe neck deep in all of this. And it gets worse for uh, Hunter Biden. There, there is more damning stuff that has come out from the laptop from hell, if you will. There's this one report, uh, Gateway Pundit released it today, and I'm not gonna put this up on the video. I'm not gonna show this uh, if you're watching this on the YouTube, but Gateway Pundit has it on his site. More photos are released from the laptop from hell, also known as Hunter Biden's MacBook Pro. He's standing in a doorway. He's got a, a, a robe on, a bathrobe on, and he's fully naked under the robe. And off to the side in a bed is lying a, a girl, an underage girl, presumably the 14-year-old girl that's mentioned in other emails and exchanges and texts between Hunter Biden and his father. There's another picture that uh, they put up on Gateway Pundit as well, where he's lying in bed, Hunter Biden is, and the, there's a girl, a young girl next to him as well, presumably the 14-year-old girl that's mentioned in the text messages between him and his father that his mother knew about, everybody knew about in the family, and it was all out. So this family, you just heard the recording, and if you're watching this on the YouTube, you saw the text of the recording underneath. Joe Biden knew. Joe Biden knew. I mean, he was involved in this. Joe Biden is the most corrupt politician that I can remember. I mean, Hillary Clinton was corrupt, so maybe she's more corrupt. I don't know, but the Democrats are just simply corrupt. And this is just more proof. Joe Biden has been corrupt from day one. I've mentioned this before. In his 1972 uh, senatorial run, allegedly the mob helped suppress a story coming out by striking, calling for a strike for the paper. So the story didn't come out that was bad to Biden. And Biden won by a slim margin. How much more? How much more has to come out before the American public finally figures it out and wakes up? I'm going to talk about what we need to do, what we can do with the Democrat Party here in a little bit. But this is, uh, wow. You've got the previous segment where I, I, I showed you some of the video from the Tony Bobolinsky interview with Tucker Carlson, which was just riveting, damning, blockbuster, uh, bombshell, all those adjectives, all those adjectives that come out. There's just tons of them. So what's next? I mean, I hate to ask that. We are six days outside of the end of the election. Six days. And all this is coming out now. Here's the problem. 70 million people have already voted either through absentee or mail-in voting. Because of the pandemic, mail-in voting is prevalent. But there's something different. There's something odd here. So the media is, they're, they're they're going into a cocoon again, just like they did in 2016. I'm going to explain that in a second as well. But let's talk about those 70 million people that have voted. 70 million people have voted already for this election. We've got this bombshell blockbuster story coming out. And, and one of the number one Google searches the other day, once the Hunter Biden scandal broke, Hunter Gate. And by the way, this is no longer Huntergate. This is Bidengate. This moves from the father or from the son to the father. This is now Joe Biden's scandal. I've said it before, said it in the previous podcast. Now this is Joe Biden's scandal. And the media, they stay silent. But 
let's talk about those 70 million people that have already voted and what can they do? Seven states. And I don't have the list of seven states. Look it up if you're, you already voted and you regret your vote if you voted for Joe Biden. Chances are, if you're listening to this, that didn't happen. But if you're watching this on YouTube, that possibly could happen. There are seven states, one of them being Michigan, I believe another one's Pennsylvania. I mentioned it on a previous podcast. Seven states where you can change your vote. And if you voted for Joe Biden and you're in one of those seven states and you regret that vote, you need to change your vote back or change your vote to Donald Trump. But let's talk about the 70 million. 70 million people have voted and the rec- it's a record number. It's, it's an a, unbelievably high number. And then, you know, understandably because of the pandemic, but let's pick apart just a few of the states and um, see if, what does it look like? You know, right now what the, the left is thinking, the left is thinking they got it in the bag. I mean, they got, they think they got it in the bag. Joe Biden's can't, rarely campaigning and he was just campaigning in Georgia not too long ago in Warm Springs, Georgia. Now, if you know anything about Warren Springs, Georgia, it's a wonderful town. It's a beautiful town. Historically, it's where Franklin Delano Roosevelt used to go for his therapy from suffering from polio. It's also where he died. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt died there. So there are several people, pundits, that are saying that, oh, look at the significance of that. He died. He died. (laughs) I bet you they didn't know. No, they knew. They knew. So I'm wondering, are they setting this up? And I may have mentioned this already. Are they setting this up? So Biden could re can can rehabilitate his image of what's happened recently. If Biden wins the election, God forbid, uh, he I don't believe he'll last the full term. And if he passes away, are they setting it up so he passes away in Warm Springs, Georgia, so he can look like an FDR type president? Are they going down to Warm Springs, Georgia now to try to make him look like an FDR president? Or is this? I don't like FDR, by the way. I think he was a horrible president. I think he was bad for the country. But are they already setting it up? That, that's why I believe he was in Warm Springs. I mean, there's, there's a population of less than 500. But, and, and also, Right now, the battleground states are, are really where the candidates, where Trump is. He was in Arizona. Uh, he was in Wisconsin yesterday. I think he's traveling today to Nevada. I'm not quite, can't remember his schedule. Um, but he is in those battleground states. I mean, two, three rallies a day. Biden, he put a lid on his campaign. Once the Hunter Bidens, the, the Tony Bobulinski um, interview came out, he put a lid on his campaign, meaning no media. Six days out and the man's not campaigning. Do they not see it? Do the left not see it? I mean, they're not smart people. They think they're smart people. That's why they call you Trump towards because they, they don't have anything else. They don't have any new material. Do they, they're doing exactly what they did in 2016. In 2016, Hillary Clinton lost Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan because she did not campaign in those states. Biden, he went to Pennsylvania the other day but for a quick trip and then drove back to Delaware. But he's not going to Michigan. He hasn't gone to Michigan. He hasn't gone to uh, Wisconsin. I mean, he may in these six days. I don't know. But he's not campaigning like, like Trump is campaigning. He's campaigning like Hillary Clinton is campaigning, and she lost. And the left think they're winning. They think they're winning. But I'm going to get to that. Let's talk about these early voting. And by the way, with the campaign events that Biden has where he has all these cars. I mean, 
if anything, maybe he'll bring back the drive-throughs. I don't know. Drive-through movies. I mean, drive-in movies, drive-in movies. So look at this. 70 million people have voted already. Uh, let's take a few states and dissect them a little bit, shall we? For instance, Florida. Florida has about, I think they had already about 8 million people that had voted. 8 million people. 7.2, something like that. And in the last election, a 2016 election, they had 9.2 million people total. So already we're at like 90%. Texas is the same way. Texas had like 11 million people vote last go round, and they've got 9 million already that is early voted. Or I'm sorry, they got 7.8 million and they had 9 million total last go around. And they've already got like 7.8 million. 91% is the number I saw. The same goes for California. California's got about 8 million that's voted already. Last time they had 13.5 million. New York, I think it's got about 3.5 million, 4 million has voted already. Last time they had 7.5 million. So there's, there's a lot of people that have voted early. Now, voting early tends to favor the Democrats. Not always but it tends to favor the Democrats. Uh, this is an unusual election. We don't know. But look at this. This is what's interesting. In, let's look at three of the battleground states. Let's look at Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. In Pennsylvania, 1.8 million have already voted. In Michigan, 2.2 million have already voted. In Wisconsin, 1.45 have already voted, either mail-in or early voting. Remember those numbers. In Wisconsin, like I say, 1.45 already has, last go around 2.8 million. So they're already half of where they were in 2016. In Michigan, 2.2 million this time for early voting. Total last time, 4.5 million. They also almost at half. Here's where it gets interesting. Pennsylvania, 1.8 million early votes so far either early or mail-in, last go around 6 million total. So last time there were 6 million voted in Pennsylvania, there's still about 4 million left, if, if the numbers are the same as last time. So Pennsylvania is still wide open. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, tr Trump needs Pennsylvania. If Trump wins Pennsylvania, he wins the election. So he can win the election without Pennsylvania. He'd have to get Wisconsin and Michigan. But if he loses Wisconsin and Michigan and he wins Pennsylvania, he wins the election. Those three states are just as important this go-around as they were last go-around. So now let's look at this. You know, just think outside of the box or you know, do a little analysis here. 70 million people early voting. Already it's about 90% of where Texas was, California was, Florida was. Other states you've seen are 50%. Is this a sign of large voter turnout for this election? Is this indicate, does this indicate that we are going to have a large voter turnout? It just might. This just might be a huge voter. We had about 128 million last election season, 128 million. So are we going to see that? Are we going to, are we going to best that this go around? By all indication, these early numbers say that. Now here, it, it, early voting tends to favor the left historically historically it doesn't mean they always it's going to but historically early voting tends to favor the left and republicans tend to go out on election day so but with the pandemic you just never know what's going you just everything's up in the air you just don't know but if early voting favors the left does this favor them now 
it all depends. This is a base selection. I've been saying this. The person who gets their base out, the larger base out, will win. Uh, it is a base election. There are very few independents. It's not down the middle. There's very much in, very little in the middle, I'm trying to say. It is a base election. So whoever gets more of their base out wins. And Trump, the enthusiasm for Trump is off the charts. I mean, you see it in the rallies, you see it in the flotillas, you see it in the caravans, it's off the charts. For Biden, it's not even charting. I mean, his rallies are in the tens. There are so few people that show up. You have more Trump supporters at a Biden rally, protesting the Biden rally, if you will, than you do a Biden rally at the Biden rally. So the, the, there's something off here, something very, very off. And it, it's, I don't think in the polls, this is why I think the left has it all wrong. This is why that you, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're a leftist and you're thinking, oh, I'm a Trump card, I'm all wet, but because Biden's leading in the polls, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing the trends. You're missing the enthusiasm. And we've made it easier, this go around for mail-in voting. So how many more Trump voters, you just filled in the ballot and mail it in? If there's this much enthusiasm for Trump, wouldn't you think there's a lot of enthusiasm if somebody's going to do it mail-in? Maybe they never voted before. This just made it easy for them. I think the mail-in thing that the left wanted to do is backfire. It will backfire on them. I absolutely believe it's going to backfire on them. But we shall see, as they say, because it's coming up very shortly. We're six days out. Now, I want to get into... Uh, well, let me go a little bit in the trends, too. And then I want to get into how I believe we can get rid of the Democrat Party. That's right. Get rid of the Democrat Party. Um, right now, you know, if you look at the rolling, the battleground states, Biden is leading by 3.6%. It is moving like you wouldn't believe. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail, but literally, just an hour ago, when I checked this, it was 3.8% for Biden. So it keeps moving. Florida, Trump is up in the aggregate by 0.4. Trump's gone Florida. Pennsylvania, Biden's only up by 3.8%, and he's not trending as well as Hillary Clinton was at this same point in time. He's, he's underperforming where Hillary Clinton was. In the state he was born in, in the state, by the way, that's got less than 2 million mail-in or early votes, and had 6 million votes last time in 2016. Pennsylvania's up in the open for Trump. There is a path to victory in Pennsylvania. Michigan, about half of the people that voted, that voted last time, mail-in. Uh, Biden's up 8-6. He's got a healthy trend there. And he's overperforming where Hillary Clinton was in the same time. Wisconsin, Biden's at 6.7%. Again, we got 50% of the vote already in that happened last time. But, and I think Biden's flat to where Hillary Clinton was. Wisconsin is in play. Michigan's in play too, because I'm just not sure. Uh, but Michigan's the only one where Biden is overperforming where Hillary Clinton was. He might well get Michigan. That's 16 electoral votes. But if he doesn't get Pennsylvania, it's toast. It's going to be down to these three states again. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's in play. It's basically flat if you follow the trends. North Carolina, 0.7 for Biden. He's falling apart there. Uh, and Arizona, 2.4 for Biden uh, also falling apart. Now, in Michigan, there was one poll that just came out. I think, I think it was Michigan. Well, I'm sorry, it was Wisconsin. There's a poll that just came out in Wisconsin for Biden that was had him up 17%. That is an outlier. That is not 
a, a real number. I guarantee you that number is not real. And I know people don't like the polls, but local polls matter. National polls are garbage. Local polls matter. So the left, they're, they're worried. They're anxious right now. And uh, there's an article I read on MSNBC that is all, they're very anxious about this election. They, they, the poll numbers are up. We shouldn't be, but we still feel anxious. They feel anxious because they're doing the exact same thing they did last time. They're following the polls religiously. They're not following the trends. They're just looking at the top line numbers. They're not looking at trends. They're not comparing where Hillary was to where Biden is. And they're missing the enthusiasm gap. But there's another thing, too. What really makes them anxious is they don't know how this mail-in vote thing is going to play out. They don't know. That's why they're anxious. And then the ones that are in the know, the smarter leftists, the handful that there are, sorry, I'm just really, you're going to call me a Trump tard. You're going to get some stuff back, too, all right? Um, they, they figured this out. They realized Biden is not a good candidate. They realized that Biden is is walking, he's, he's just calling us in, or phoning it in, he's not, he's not really campaigning. Now he's throwing a lot of money out there because he's got money, because that's another parallel to the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton outraised Trump and Trump still won. So you can't say it's a money game anymore like they used to. What they used to do is, oh, whoever has the most money is gonna win, but I don't believe that's the case because it wasn't in 2016. Yeah, they're anxious, all right, because they don't know. They, they want to say we got in the bag. They think they got in the bag. But the, the, the Biden campaign, I believe they think they won. I mean, it's, it boggles the mind what they're doing right now. They go to Warm Springs, Georgia. It's a population of less than 500. Um, you know, they're trying to, I guess, rehabilitate his image by maybe lining him up with FDR. It's a bad move. That's a move you do after the election. So I'm wondering, do they think they have it? Because they're not going, they're not doing retail politics. You know, they're using the excuse of the pandemic, but that's not it. You know, what it is, is they have a tired candidate. They have a candidate. I mean, you don't even see Kamala Harris either, too. So they're, they think, I believe the Biden camp thinks they're going to win this thing. And they're starting to set themselves up to make Biden this FDR-esque type candidate. Let's hope it fails on them. Um, I talk often about the Trafalgar group polling group because they, they're the only ones that got it right last time. Well, them and uh, Advantage America, um, um, that's another polling group. I'm drawing a blank on the name of them. Uh, I'll find it and tell you. But there's another polling group out of Georgia that got it right. Uh, Insider Advantage. Insider Advantage got it right. And so I've been watching those polls, especially the Trafalgar group. And Pennsylvania, they have Trump up. Trump right now is polling up in Pennsylvania for the Trafalgar group. Also in North Carolina, Trump is polling up. And Tom Tillis, the senator in North Carolina, is pulling again, uh, away from the Democrat challenger. It was a rough race, but the Democrat challenger had a sex scandal that came up. So Pennsylvania is looking really good for Trump. Again, if he wins Pennsylvania, he wins the election. And he's going to win North Carolina. He's going to win Georgia. He's going to win Florida. He's going to win Texas. This is going to be down to the same three states. It won't be a blowout election. It should because Biden is such a bad candidate. Even though he may have brought back in driving movies. I don't know. That would be cool. But there, there's something wrong. Now, Trump's got a lot going for him. He ha and, and you know what? I'm, the left, you guys need a shellacking. Here's, here's how I think the, the left 
could be gone from, I don't say forever, but just minimize, neutralize, neutered, whatever the word you want to look for. So here's, here's a theory. Here's what I think. We sh- this, sh- this is how it should play out. If it plays out like this, there's a chance in 2022 that the Democrat Party could be pushed down and hopefully towards the ash pin of history. Uh, the Democrat Party is the party of slavery. They've been, they are the oldest political party in America. They, they, they are the party of slavery. They are the party of segregation. They are the party of Jim Crow. They are not the party of the little guy or civil rights. They are a corrupt party. They've been around forever, and their leadership uh, is corrupt. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, all corrupt. Pelosi, how did she get so rich? Schumer, angry man. He's just an angry man. And there are no more moderate Democrats. They're, they're, they've gotten rid of them. They purged them from the party. There are no moderate Democrats anymore. They're all far left radical Democrats. You got AOC and her squad, no one, the Lex Luthor looking one with the shaved head, wanting to radicalize the Democrat party, saying if Biden wins, they're going to pull the party even more so to the left. They, this would be bad for America. And you leftists that you're watching this, I doubt any of you are listening, but they're watching this. Why? Why would, you know, I don't, I don't get the, the, you know, I know some Democrats and they, they're so misinformed about it. They think that because the Democrats are for welfare, that it's a good thing, that it helped the little people. They don't help the little people. They decimated the black community through welfare. You go look at history. You, up until the 1960s, the black community was a cohesive unit. I mean, look at the fatherless rate in the black community right now. Look at the abortion rate in the elect black community right now. This is all Democrat policies. FDR said, not FDR, I'm sorry, LBJ. LBJ said, I'll keep those N-words voting Democrat for the next 200 years. We're not even 100 years in. Do we want this? Can we afford it? No. That's why more and more blacks are migrating to the Republican Party, especially black males. It really upsets the left, too. It is time for the left to be relegated to the ash pin of history. And here's how it could happen. It could happen. Donald Trump, the first priority is Donald Trump be, gets reelected president of the United States. That's the first priority. If Donald Trump is not reelected, it's going to take a lot longer to achieve this goal of relegating the Democrats to the ash pin of history. Uh, the second priority is to retain the Senate. Right now, the Republicans have a 53 majority in the Senate. They're probably going to lose one. Probably it's going to go down to 52. It's possible it can go up, but not likely. I don't believe the Republicans are going to win the House. In fact, there's chances they're going to lose some seats. And you know what? That's all part of the plan. They need to keep the House. The Democrats need to keep the House. I'm not going to vote for them, and I don't want you to vote for them either. But here is the, this is how we can push the Democrat Party away. We can minimize them. We can take away their power. Because here is what's going to happen if Donald Trump wins re-election and the GOP retains control of the Senate. The left are going to have a meltdown. The frothing mouth radicals are going to be apoplectic. They're going to just go crazy. You think 2016 they had a meltdown? No, you've seen nothing. In in 2020 right now, if Donald J. Trump wins re-election, the Senate 
stays in control of, or the Republicans keep control of the Senate, the left is going to have a meltdown and they're going to be angry. They're already angry. Look at them now. Look at how the vitriol that comes across them now. You can go look at my YouTube comments and see it. In the, the, the left are just angry. They're mean and they're angry. And you've already got AOC wanting to pull the left to the, the Democrats farther and farther to the left. I guarantee you, if Donald Trump wins and the Republicans re retain the Senate, the left are going to froth at the mouth like you've never seen before for all to see. And then in 2022, they get voted out. The Republicans get the House back. That'll give two years of Donald Trump having the House, the Senate, both houses of Congress, and the judiciary. And that's the key because the left, that's one of the reasons why they're going to be so angry. They, they have no control over the ju judiciary right now. The left has lost it for a generation. I mean, we got a solid 5-4 constitutional court right now. I say 5-4, we got a squishy 6-3 because of John Roberts. So we got a solid 5-4, a squishy 6-3. They can't do anything about it. They, nothing. There's nothing to do except stack the court. And that's exactly what they want to do. And if they get the Senate and the presidency, that's exactly what they will do. So if the Democrats win the presidency and they win back the Senate and they retain the House, they will stack the court to totally neutralize the judiciary. Because right now, they can't do anything. That's the beauty of Amy Coney Barrett getting put on this Supreme Court. We got a solid 5-4 to squishy 6-3. And they want total control of all branches of government. And what will happen if they get all total control of all branches of government, you will not like in this country. Yes, it'll be socialism creeping towards communism. It'll be totalitarian rule. Your taxes will go sky high. Regulations and businesses will kill the, the economy. It can't happen. It's time for the Democrat Party to be a party no more. And the way to do that is we take their power away. Vote them out of office. 2022 is when it can happen. But if they win the Senate, all bets are off. Now, if they win the president, if Biden, God forbid, gets elected, um, you know, and we, this, the GOP retains the Senate, Biden's not going to be able to do much. I mean, it'll be a lot of convetching, but it, it, they, he won't be able to do much. Uh, and, but they'll try. I mean, they'll have a, a firm hold on foreign policy and can do a lot of damage in foreign policy. But if they don't have the Senate, now if the Democrats win the Senate and if they win the presidency, it's over. The country's lost. I hate to be dire like that, but the country's lost. It's just lost. So the, that's the theory. The idea is priority number one, reelect Donald J. Trump. Priority number two, keep control in the Senate for the Republicans. And priority number three is allow the Democrats to froth in the mouth, go crazy, laugh at them, mock them, and in 2022, out of there. Get them out of office. Because you think they're crazy now? Oh, I know what you're saying. You're saying, E, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. The media the media is in the bag for the Democrats. So the media is not going to play along with your ideal here, your theory. Well, I'm not so sure about that. And MSNBC, far left, they'll go crazy. They'll help, actually. MSNBC will actually help in the process of showing America and Americans, the ones who love their country, how bad the Democrats are, how angry and how radical the left is. MSNBC is actually going to help. CNN... CNN's got problems. CNN's the lowest rated cable news network. 
and they just reported they missed uh, projections by $100 million. Jeff Zucker, who is in head of the CNN, is not talking about his contract being resigned. He's probably out. Van Jones is over there giving credit to Donald Trump for the black community. So CNN may, may shift a little bit because CNN financially could go under. There's rumor right now that um, Jeff Bezos is looking to purchase CNN. It's just a rumor. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but Time Warner, who owns CNN, is looking to get rid of some assets. And I saw a rumor floating around out there that Jeff Bezos may be uh, one of the buyers for CNN if they put it up. Again, just a rumor. Very far out there rumor. But that tells you something. CNN is going to go through some changes here pretty soon. So if Trump is reelected, the Senate stays GOP, CNN actually, maybe they'll do what they should have done a whole, whole long time ago. And that's go to the middle and stay there. They went to the left. They went to the middle, then they went left. MSNBC needs to stay left. They're going to help and plan. They're going to help facilitate the left out the door by highlighting all their crazy batshit people that are on the left. So I'm telling you, it could happen. It could happen. All right, I got a check. I need to cash here. I mentioned at the top of the hour, something about Chipotle. Um, I do like their food. In fact, I love their food. They're just, I think their food's delicious. It's, you know, no preservatives in it. Uh, just good stuff. But they get my order wrong every single time. Every time. Now, we've ordered in a lot. Uh, and every time they get my order wrong. Just, it, just, it could be a little thing. It could be that I have one less taco or one more taco. could be one cheese here, no cheese there. It's, it's always something. Food's still delicious, but it's always something, and I give them a pass. But I don't know if I can give them a pass now. I just saw that their new spokesman, or they're running a commercial with Bill Nye, the science guy. I'm, that, that may be the straw for me. I, that, Bill Nye, one, he's a radical leftist as well. He, he, it's either you believe in climate change or he mocks you and he, or you're, you know, just, the guy is just so far out there and he's not even a scientist. His degree is engineering. I remember years ago, he got his start on some comedy kids show in Seattle, I think it was. And he, one of the characters was Bill Nye, the science guy, and it hit for him. Good, good for him. Congratulations. Been very successful at it. But he's not a scientist, but he talks like it and preaches like he knows what he's talking about when he, when he is absolutely bought into some failed science. Cannot stand the guy. And now that Chipotle is using him as a spokesperson, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. Good food, though. I could use a burrito bowl right about now. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Politics and brown liquor. There's some more news. There's some riots that were going on there. I just don't have time to get to them. Uh, things are just going crazy, and we can expect probably more. We had that incident up in, um, what is it, Philadelphia, where some thug, and that's what he was, was trying to attack the police with a knife, and they, sh they shot him because he was coming at him with a knife. Well, I don't know what they expect, you know. Um, and, you know, riots ensued and just things went crazy. So, same story we've seen all the time, right? So do, but it has nothing to do with the election. It just has to do with a culture and with somehow we have in this country now triggered that riots are okay because people can get some free stuff when they go and riot. Um, and, and then there was the World Series. Anybody hear about that? Yeah, I know. Who cares? I, I, I don't really watch sports, but I honestly woke up this morning and saw a blurb about it, and I had no idea what was going on. No idea. 
I wonder what their ratings were like. But again, thank you for listening to this episode or watching this episode on the YouTube channel of PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. And again, my ask is if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, Apple iTunes, please um, subscribe and give us five-star ratings. Even if you don't want to subscribe, give us a five-star rating. It helps with the algorithm. And also it, on the YouTube channel, please visit our YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor. If you're watching this, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It helps with the algorithm. Today, I know uh, Jack Dorsey was in front of uh, some the Senate committee and uh, Ted Cruz asked him outright, "Do you are you suppressing um, political views? They go, no, or, or something. Or no, no, no. Uh, um, Cruz asked him, and I'll talk more about this tomorrow. Cruz asked him, do you believe you can sway the election? Dorsey said no, and Cruz says, then why do you suppress voices? Oh, slam dunk. And I believe uh, Mark Zuckerberger is going to be um, testifying as well, too. And if you, don't, if you haven't seen it, Chuck Dorsey's looking weird. He's looking weird. There's, well, dude's got way too much money, I guess, and he's just looking weird. And he, I watched a little bit of it. He's acting weird, too. But, yeah, they are suppressing voices. But maybe this will help. I don't know. But the way that you can help to combat the big tech suppressing our voices is helping the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm. And you can help move up in the algorithm by subscribing and giving a five-star rating. Thanks again for listening to this. Yeah. 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 Yeah